from NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians. This is episode 121 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello, and welcome to Ministry Monday. I'm your host, Amanda Bruce. Now, the next two weeks of this podcast are going to be a little more NPM-centric, if you will. This is a big week for us as an association. We are hosting our first ever virtual members meeting. The meeting, which is available for all NPM members to attend, will be hosted on Zoom and requires pre-registration. There's no cost, but you do have to register in advance. We are offering this event via Zoom live three times across the span of Wednesday, September 16th. So the first one will be at 4 p.m. Eastern, the next will be at 7 p.m. Eastern, and 10 p.m. Eastern. This should allow for as many time zones as possible to participate in the event. For more information and how to register, go to npm.org. You'll see the virtual members meeting banner on the homepage. Secondly, we must share some sad NPM news. It was announced last week that Kathleen Haley, the Director of Membership Services for NPM, has decided to leave her position at the end of October. So we at Ministry Monday are sitting down with Kathleen and chatting with her about the 20 years of service she has provided to us as an association. So tune in next week for that episode here on Ministry Monday. Now, today on the episode, I speak to Meg Matuska. Meg is the vice chair for the NPM Board of Directors, as well as Director of Music Ministries at Communion of Saints Parish in Cleveland, Ohio. After our first episode with Joe Bazouris regarding NPM 2.0, we've had a lot of questions about the NPM 2.0 process. We've heard things like, well, You didn't mention anything about chapters. How is this impacting chapters? Um, Are the changes already set in stone? Or when can I expect changes to take place? Meg and I sit down and dig a little deeper into the process that NPM is undergoing for our future as an association. Meg joins me from her home in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, today on Ministry Monday, I have the pleasure of speaking to Meg Matuska. Hi, Meg. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for talking with us today on Ministry Monday. Glad so, to be here. Meg, today I am speaking to you because you are the vice chair on the board of directors for NPM. And so I wanted to take a couple of minutes and talk with you about NPM 2.0. It's a phrase that we've heard in the membership 
quite a few times at this point, but also I have found, and you have found much more than I have, that, you know, NPM 2.0 is changing. And so I wanted to just kind of break down some of those changes and see what the membership can expect. So let's start right there. So NPM 2.0, where is and what is NPM 2.0 right now? Well, NPM 2.0 is the vision for the future of NPM. We are so grateful for everyone who has been in leadership before this. Um, but now we're at a point, not only because of the pandemic, but because of a whole lot of factors that we really need to envision what this is going to look like for the next 40, 45, 50 years. Um, so what we have now is a conceptual vision and it, it's broad ideas. Um, we do have some details, but we're discovering as we think about this for the past year and more that there are many more questions um, about details than answers that we have right now. Another important thing to say is that we um, don't have a firm timetable for a lot of the, the changes that we are, are thinking about. Uh, first of all, it is just a proposal vision right now. So this stage that we're at is asking for feedback from members. Um, one of the big driving forces between be, uh, behind NPM 2.0 is that we really, um, we need the membership to step up to really be a membership organization that is led from the grassroots um, rather than from, uh, you know, a couple of people in an office. So um, right now, everything that we have, all the documents are posted on the website, and we are really, really hoping for people to read them, to talk with their colleagues, to contact the board and the council and the NPM 2.0 teams um, to tell us what they think, because it's really important that we truly be about and for and by the members. Right, we are a membership-led organization. So yeah. let's, let's continue then down that path just a little bit deeper. So what are some of the proposed visions for chapters under NPM 2.0? Well, chapters are um, a part of NPM where we have some really developed, really lively chapters, and then we have others that um, haven't really been very active lately. And then there are other parts of the country where there has never been a chapter. Um, so there's a lot of potential there. And, you know, people, many people have thought about NPM as a convention, you know, that I'm going to NPM this year and it's an event. And we all know we're here because that event has been life-giving and uh, wonderful. And where else do you sing with a couple thousand people in a room? Right. You know, but that's only four or five days of the year. So the question is, how does NPM exist um, the other 361 days? Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to be where people are, where they live in their chapters locally. So um, the board is hoping, and this, again, this is a conceptual idea, but if the business model could possibly work so that there would be a person in the national office dedicated to chapter support, to help with programming ideas, to help with technology, to help with um, just connecting people who could be connected, um, all for the end, all for the purpose of, you know, making parish liturgy better across the country, so. 
that's what we're thinking about and hoping for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I definitely think too that that chapters is part of is of course, like you said, it's the anchor that I feel to NPM on a much more local, a much more regular basis. And that's one of the things I'm personally excited for with NPM 2.0 is the idea that we're going to be able to offer stronger chapter support and also just a stronger chapter presence across the country. Because uh, let's be truthful, there are regions where there are not strong chapters at this time. And so I want people to find that strength and support as well across the country in all regions. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think, but that, I think that lends itself, though, to a good transition to talk about another portion of NPM 2.0, which is leadership and governance. Um, so can you talk about that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Um, right now we have a council that has eight at-large members, which um, are elected by the total membership, but don't necessarily represent um, geographical diversity. And um, what we're thinking for the new structure of the council is, first of all, to have 14 um, elected members that come from the 14 Episcopal regions of the United States. So those are defined by the Conference of Bishops, and you can find a map of those online. Um, but the idea is that chapter members in each of those regions would elect their representative to the council, so that there would be real um, chapter representation at the national level, which doesn't really exist now. Um, another portion of the changes that we're thinking about in governance um, have to do with the forums. Right now we have, I think it's 18 intersections. Um, and they haven't honestly always been the most effective way to um, to address all the, the various issues that exist. You know, uh, constituencies, cultural constitu constituencies, um, musical skills like organ, piano, chant, um, ensemble musicians. Um, we think that uh, there's a better way to organize the, these folks um, into what we're calling forums. And you can um, see all the the details such as they exist so far um, on the website document, which um, all those folks will be members of the council, all the forum chairs will be members of the council and then be able to elect the board. So it sounds to me like if someone were to be looking for more information on this, I think they need to go to the website. I think that's probably the best way to go. So can you, do you mind giving that web address to people? It's npm.org slash vision. Mm -hmm. um, and you'll see, I think it's an eight page uh, vision document there. It includes not only the details of the chapters and forums and things that we've been talking about here, it has the new uh, membership structure that we're thinking about. Um, and also includes the ends policies of the board, which are really what's driving all of this. They are the answers to the question, why does NPM exist? So um, the board has spent a whole lot of time thinking about what exactly is the purpose of this organization? Which if we don't have a good answer to that, then doing the rest is difficult. So we'd encourage everybody to go read those and, um, and to send us your feedback. Okay, great. And of course, the way that they can send you your feedback is via email. Uh, the email is vision at npm.org, if I remember correctly. I think so. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, great. All right, so in the last portion of our time together, I wanna to talk a little bit about the members meeting. So of course the members meeting will be just in two days here. It's Wednesday, September 16th. Uh, and of course, this is the first time we've had a members meeting that's virtual, right? I mean, of course, usually sure they're, they're in person. <laughs> uh, so another year of NPM doing something unconventional, if you will. Um, but what could someone expect from the members meeting this year if they were to attend virtually? Well, we're really um, planning to celebrate the association. There's so many good things to, um, to celebrate and to uh, let everybody know about. So um, firstly, we're going to celebrate our major awards, um, which include the Jubilate Deo Award and the Pastoral Musician of the Year Award. Um, and um, also awards like chapters, chapter of the year, chapter director, DMMD member, and I'm sure there are others that I'm forgetting, um, those will all be recognized too. So that's one thing to look forward to. We're also gonna um, celebrate what we're calling wins. Um, you know, those, those little positive things that are already happening that are a part of the NPM 2.0, but things that, um, that are, are, are going and are really um, helping to move us in a positive direction. Um, and then, of course, we're going to uh, further talk about NPM 2.0 and what we um, are thinking about the next steps and maybe a little bit about what the timetable might look like. But of course, that depends on a whole lot of factors. We also, of course, will um, the purpose of a members meeting in general anywhere, even if we were not virtual, would be to connect with the membership and, of course, to pray, which is always the, the center of what we're about. So we really hope everybody will... Um, Come join us. We're offering it three different times. So hopefully no matter what time zone you're in, um, there'll be a convenient way for you to participate. Yep, absolutely. I believe it's 4 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, and 10 p.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. So you should catch one of them. And they'll all be live. None of them is uh, pre-recorded. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Well, great. Well, Meg, thank you for your time today. Thank you for, I mean, not only just talking to me right now, but for the hours of time, hours and hours of time you have spent on these documents. Uh, um, clearly, you know, I, I always see that educational poster where you see the little tip of the iceberg and then underneath is the large glacial mass that says, you know, like hard work is underneath and you never see all the hard work. I know that you have spent an immense amount of time on the future of NPM and I thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you, Amanda. It's been a pleasure to be here. After speaking with Meg, I wanted to know more about the regions that she mentioned. How were the regions crafted for NPM? What was the logic behind them? Why are they important? And so I called Christopher Ferraro to discuss them. Chris sits on the board of directors for the Federation of Diocesan Liturgical Commissions, or FDLC. He shed some light on the regions and their origins. So to give the listeners a little bit of context, so when we say the regions and regional representation, how were the regions decided in the first place? Sure. When we were deciding, when we decided to go to a kind of a regional representation model, um, we decided to follow what um, FDLC uses. FDLC is the Federation of the Assets and Liturgical Commissions, uh, which is kind of an uh, a, a organization that supports U.S. bishops, 
specifically the Committee on Divine Worship and the Secretariat for Divine Worship. Um, FDLC, in turn, uh, kind of borrowed that model from the U.S. bishops themselves. So when the, when the bishops talk about um, meeting regionally, um, we're kind of following that same design, if you would. So um, like Region 1 is kind of uh, New England. So uh, the bishops of Region 1 meet together. Um, FDLC uh, consists of Region 1 would be all of New England. And then as we move into 2.0, um, NPM would, New England would be region one for that. I'm in region two, which is New York state. Um, we're the only region that, and because of it's such a large state that it takes up an entire region. And then you kind of go throughout the country and it's kind of just a geographical um, representation, geographical um, assignment of the different regions. Okay. And how many regions are there overall? Uh, there are 14. Okay. Okay, great. Um, and so you mentioned, of course, that New York State, you know, has its own region, but what are some of the regions off the top of your head that are the largest? Um, I, I, I don't have the, the numbers memorized, but I know like in the, in the South, um, I want to say seven and eight, but I could be wrong about that. But some of those have, you know, several state, Texas and uh, the surrounding areas down there. So they, they, that, either that would have a large geographical representation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the West Coast includes um, Hawaii um, and California and whatever region that is. Um, Florida, region 14 is the last region, Florida and um, Mississippi and Atlanta, Georgia, and that whole area would be region 14. Okay. And, and so what are some of the most active regions? Um, you know, it, it really depends. Um, the hope is that every, every region would be active in its own mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends on, for FDLC's purposes, um, FDLC members are primarily members of diocesan liturgical commissions uh, or directors of the Office of Worship in their own diocese. Um, so some dioceses are small and may not have a very active office of worship and such. So, um, they may more rely on more part-time directors or, so it really, the size of the region varies. Um, so, so it's hard to say that any one region is more active than others. It really depends on, on the leadership. Um, you know, if there's a strong leader in the, in the, region that's enabled that's able to get people together i think one of the things this pandemic has taught us is the value of zoom calls and all that for our regional gatherings when we meet in fdlc we meet both nationally at a national gathering just like npm does but we also gather regionally um and typically in in my region i'll speak for region two um we would meet in the spring um usually uh, uh, at a retreat center kind of midway in the state and people would, you know, drive, but it, it was usually an overnight meeting or a full day meeting. And, and it would be hard to get people to commit to that whole time. Um, we found that when we had a virtual meeting this last May, we had the best attendance we ever had because people didn't have to commit to driving and to staying somewhere. And so of course that, that doesn't mean there's not value in face-to-face meeting, but uh, I think the, virtual existence has helped us to 
stay connected a little bit more in these times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I understand that. That makes sense. Okay, so my last question for you then is connecting the USCCB to the FDLC and now to mm -hmm. NPM. I mean, for NPM members who are listening to this, what is the importance of these regions and regional representation for NPM and for their membership moving forward? Yeah, that's a great question, Amanda. I think one of the reasons we wanted to um, go to this model for representation was to allow people to um, come together with people in their uh, surrounding territories that may have unique situations. I mean, the situation for somebody that's in the Midwest, you know, is a little bit different than New England or in the, in the Southeast. Um, so if people can come together, you know, with people that are closer to them and kind of work out some talk about regional issues that they have or things that are specific to that, uh, to, to where they live, um, that could be very helpful. Also, just again, just to um, because NPM is so strong and with our chapters, um, we want our chapters to be able to support each other and and link with people who are near to us geographically. It just makes sense to, to do that. Um, so we really want to give, uh, we also felt that it would allow for um, broader diversity in terms of uh, membership on the council. Um, we're hoping that that will be one of the effects of this geographical uh, distribution of the regions. Great. Good. Well, I think that gives the listeners a little bit of a better idea as to why thinking big makes us think small, actually, to me. Because, yeah. you know, so yeah, you, you think regionally, which is much larger, but I like you said, I think it still gives people that cultural context because they are close regionally to different areas that they really relate to and can find support from. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, reminds us that we're, we're all in this together. Thanks so much to Meg and Chris for their time today. For more information about NPM 2.0 and how to register for NPM's virtual members meeting, visit npm.org forward slash vision. Again, that's npm.org forward slash vision. Our recording of Christ Be Our Light was produced by Oregon Catholic Press. Our theme music was written and produced by Aaron Schaus. Today's episode was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday. <laughs>